Welcome to another episode of In Progress Season 2. I'm your host, Aurora James, and if you're just tuning in for the very first time, In Progress is a special edition podcast brought to you by Girlboss Radio and made possible by our friends at Toomey, the iconic luggage brand that makes timeless pieces to accompany you wherever you're headed. Each episode, we're bringing you insights from the best and brightest entrepreneurs and thought leaders. We're dissecting the thrilling, messy, exhilarating, sometimes heartbreaking, but often life-affirming journey we're all on to be our truest selves. We're also realizing no matter how many wins or losses we're tallying, we are always, always a work in progress. And that's a beautiful thing, right? On season two, we're digging in deep and throwing it back all the way back to this idea of origin stories and why the places we come from and the experiences and people who shape us have everything to do with where we are now and where we're headed in the future. And I am so excited for this episode with Anina Bing. Anina did something that many of us have dreamed of doing. She started sharing her love of fashion online. She was posting hashtag outfit of the day photos and then things took off. She grew her following organically and transitioned all of this into a multi-million dollar clothing label. She founded her namesake label in 2012, and suddenly it seemed like every single influencer on the gram was rocking her minimalist rock and roll chic clothing. She understood how to stay ahead of the digital marketing and influencer game long before most people even realized it existed. On this episode, Anina and I are going to unpack how her homey upbringing in Sweden and her experiences traveling the world as a model in her teenage years had a huge impact on her understanding of what people innately respond to and how that went on to influence her approach in building a business. You won't want to miss this one. Stay tuned. Hi, Nina. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming today. Um, welcome to the In Progress podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I am here with the founder and CCO of Anina Bing, Anina herself. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so excited to hear about your origin story and find out a little bit about who you are, where you came from, and how that sort of made you the Anina Bing that everyone knows and loves now. <laughs> Where are you from? I was born in Denmark. Um, my dad is full Danish and my mom was half Brazilian, half Danish. Um, oh, wow. So I have a little bit of a mix in there. Did they meet there? They met and my mom is born in Denmark, but her her mom was from Brazil. Ooh, so your grandma. Yes. Does she like have this amazing Brazilian flair? Oh, she's amazing. Oh, she was amazing. Uh, such a big inspiration. Yes. Really? Yeah. Okay, so my grandmother was also like a crazy inspiration to me. She couldn't have been more different than me. Mm -hmm. She was like very tiny, very waspy, <laughs> never like wore jeans or anything like that. She only ever wore dresses, yeah. but she's been like such an inspiration for me. So um, that's cool. I guess we have that um, commonality. Exactly. There. Mm -hmm. um, so then what happened? Uh, so I was born there. I have one sister, three brothers. It was quite a big family. So are you in the middle or are you the oldest or the youngest? Next youngest. Next youngest. Okay. Uh -huh. um, we lived a simple, quiet life in Denmark. My mom was a kindergarten teacher. My dad worked with homeopathic medicine. Oh, amazing. Um, 
then it was just a quite little simple life there. And then my dad got a job in Sweden outside Stockholm in a little tiny village. So when I was 10, we moved to Sweden. Wow. What was that like? Uh, I hated it. I was crying every night for a year, missing Denmark, missing my friends, missing my grandmother. Um, but I also think it did something within me. It sparked that, you know, a braveness somehow. You know, I had to, I came as a, you know, 10-year-old that didn't know the language, didn't have any friends. So I think it made me stronger somehow and and braver. Right. It's always really interesting talking to different like friends who move when they're kids. Mm-hmm. Because for me, I moved a bunch of times and I found it really traumatic. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to bounce back from this. Like, I miss my old friends. I had a hard time yeah. like assimilating, especially when you don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. But looking back at it, it was the best thing that could have ever happened. It really right. made me to who I am today. Really? Yeah, I would say so. Wow, because it just made you used to being able to what throw yourself into situations that are yeah completely new situation without knowing you know a big thing as a language not knowing anybody and just having to make new friendships uh, getting to know this new country this new place um, it became a strength I would wow say. cool okay and then what happened so you stayed there for how long stayed there I went to Waldorf School there which is like a very creative school and I stayed there for the next. Many years, but when I turned 14, I started modeling. Oh, wow. Okay, so tell me your discovery <laughs> story, because I feel like models always have the oh. best discovery. Were you in a mall? No discovery story. <laughs> <laughs> I went into the agency myself okay. and said, I want to be a model. I want to travel the world. I want to make some money, and I want to be independent. So I oh, just wow. wanted to get out there, so there's no exciting getting discovered on okay, a train. Okay, so, <laughs> so how tall are you? 5'9". Okay, you're 5'9". So, so you were like, okay, I'm 5'9". People were probably coming up to you all the time and being like, you, said, should you should be a model. You should, yeah, you should try that. And and I actually enjoyed being in front of the camera. And I could see the photos turned out somehow okay. Right. So I was brave enough to take a couple of photos. And then I walked into this modeling agency in Stockholm. Amazing. So you were always kind of confident. Were you? Yes. And you think yes, the and move no, which helped is so interesting. with that. Yeah, exactly. So that made me braver somehow, as I said. And... And yeah, I think I have always had some kind of confidence and I wanted more in life somehow. Mm. And and nobody served it on a silver plate for me, so I had to make it happen myself. Right. And what, what about your parents? Were they like, this is a good idea? When you were like, I want to be a model and travel the world <laughs> by, I'm 14. Like, did they, were they scared? You know, when there's five siblings, I think they relax by the fourth kid. They're kind of <laughs> relaxed. And, and I think they let me... Do whatever I wanted, which is, I have a daughter and she's eight now. I can't even imagine sending her away when she's 14. Uh, I wouldn't do it, but my parents did it and and maybe they knew I could handle it. I don't know. Right. And could you handle it? Yeah, okay. but it was hard. So what happened? Tell me exactly what happened. So my first modeling trip, I went to Milan when I was 14 on a break, summer break between ninth grade and 10th grade. Wow, um, when you were 14. Yeah. Went down there by myself. That was whole new country again. Don't speak the language. (laughs) Exactly. Before iPhones and all that, you know. So I land down there, show up to the modeling agency, and everybody's looking at me, scanning me, and take off the clothes. We need to pull rides, blah blah blah, you know. And then you just you get so judged by, of course, by the looks because that's what you're doing. Um, Then you get a map, like old fashioned map, in your hand, and go to this and this agency. This casting uh, and then you just have to figure it all out by yourself so again you know that was a super 
hard time in my life, but also a time where I really grew into who I am today. And wow, and I just I mean, had to learn by doing. Wow, you're like literally a child. Like when I think of myself yeah. when I was 14, oh, like yeah. that's tough. Uh huh. I know? was crying, calling my mom. Every I mean, night. of course, because it's like not. I don't think it's intuitive to like. Of course, when you're younger, mm-hmm. you like want to be a model, but you don't realize that that's no. essentially going to mean you have to go like go into this room yeah. and take all of your clothes off and have people judge you based on how you look. Exactly. Over and over again in a foreign country. But at the same time, I was the one who really wanted this, mm-hmm. and I wanted to travel the world, and and I saw. Uh, opportunity to get out of this little village with right. 8,000 people, you know? When it was happening, was there ever a point when you were like, wait, uh, maybe this wasn't what I wanted? I think no matter what job you have, you, you have those moments, right? Um, but I really saw it as an opportunity. I traveled the world. I came to so many beautiful places. I built up an amazing network that I mm. use even today in my job as a designer. Yeah, um, yeah so there's ups and downs with everything in life. and But I think... Most of it was great, actually. So what about school? <laughs> <laughs> I finished high school. Barely. Oh, you did? Yeah. I mean, that's major. I had like 50% where I wasn't there. So uh-huh. I had really nice teachers who let me do my thing. And wow. I barely got a, I don't know the grade system here, but like mm-hmm, barely mm-hmm. got an okay in English, in language English. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't worry, I'm going to move to LA one day. I will learn to speak oh, English, you know. Gosh. And so I just kind of did it and because I wanted to make sure I finish high school and right. um, but I worked throughout the whole time so how much were you traveling how much were you at home 50% traveling 50% home I would say wow yeah and by yourself by myself but then you meet so friends and yeah do you and you still have a lot of those friends now some of them which is super nice yeah that's really cool mm-hmm. okay and then um, when did you stop modeling um, so in my early 20s, I think so I traveled the world and that led one thing led to another. Uh, the traveling made me start a blog so mm. I kind of could report back to what I was doing and what I was seeing and what I was wearing and people really got interested in the pieces I was wearing and my lifestyle. Ah, okay, so this was like a fashion lifestyle blog. Exactly. And early on before a blog was even a big thing, you know, later on. Like what had year a- was this? 16 years ago, early 2000, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was like very, the beginning. Yeah. I remember there was like something called lookbook.nu where people used to like post pictures of themselves and like, oh, wow, I don't like know. there was like, yeah, uh-huh. it was like a very early like bloggy time. Uh-huh. Um, but that's really fascinating. Okay. So that's when a whole fashion thing, like I took the modeling into something new and, and had that and started getting a following people mm-hmm. who was interested in what I was doing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the modeling led me to LA and I continued the modeling a little bit alongside with the blog. And then I stopped modeling and I started a band. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So music is something that was in my life since I was a little kid. All my siblings played an instrument. Okay. Uh, we were singing in a choir since no I was way. like five. Really? Yeah. So coming to LA, it's a super creative place here. And, and I just missed the music and was kind of over modeling. So I met a couple of Swedish musicians and and we started our band kill your darlings kill your darlings okay and so you moved to LA I'm like this is a this is a lot (laughs) (laughs) you 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 were doing a lot here so you moved to LA Mm -hmm. um and it was mainly the modeling and Mm -hmm. also the blogging that led you here um and 
you started this band, mm-hmm. and were you playing an instrument in the band, or were you a little bit of guitar? Singing? I was singing and I was writing the songs. So, wow. well, together with my two bandmates. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you performing live and stuff? A little bit, but I actually didn't enjoy the. I love being in a studio and just writing the songs. It was uh-huh. kind of like therapy for me to write all these songs. Um, so we did a whole record, recorded it. It's out on iTunes. It's there. Wow. Uh, so- but we never did more than that. Right. And so when you're talking about writing, were you writing the entire time when you were younger as well? Or was this just something that you started later on? Um Songs started later on when I got heartbroken for real I the knew first that time. There was, I knew that there had to be someone involved in uh, this. And I was like, hmm. Because I remember one time when I was in my early 20s and I moved to L.A., it was definitely not totally just only me. There's definitely someone involved. Mm-hmm. So your heart got broken and you began expressing then, yourself. Yes. I wrote my first song and I was like, it's actually pretty good, this song. Let's try more. And then it just became became a thing and, yeah. and I just loved doing it. It was a really creative process that I I was really happy when I was wow. doing that. Wow, and therapeutic. Very. Hmm. I could need a little bit of that today. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's so good. I still write. I'm like a weird, um, I like write poetry that's all amazing. the time and that's like how, it's, I don't know, it's just, a, it's, it's therapeutic to me. Yeah. It's something that helps me get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that you were able to pick up on that element of your own creativity at that point in your life. Like going from modeling to yeah. blogging and then being like, okay, I'm going to start a band yeah. is big. Um, so how long were you doing that for? I think about four years. Okay. Um, it took a couple of years to figure out like the sound of what we wanted to do. And yeah. then we were about to sign a record deal actually, but then I got pregnant. I oh, wow. During this time I met my uh, husband mm-hmm. um, and I got pregnant pretty quick. And then I just couldn't see the touring life. At, right. With, so, yeah, so... The music ended right there. Was that first move to L.A. tough for you or you were just used to it because you'd at this point been all over the place? And It was tough because L.A. is a very strange place for the people who... It's isolating. Who, yeah. If you now want to have a family and have a job and have a... Then I think it's an amazing place, but, but it's super lonely. When you come here as a young 20-year-old, you don't know anybody. Right. Super lonely. So I was super lost for the many first years until I build up like a group of friends and yeah it's it's really interesting because I feel like a lot of um other women especially when they're young or always ask like should I move to New York or should I move to LA mm-hmm. like out of college you know and it's like what kind of person are you yeah because in New York you know you're taking the subway you're doing whatever yeah. like there's a, a level on the street walking. yeah yeah there's a level Something. of human interaction that you're For always sure. going to have yeah and in LA it's like you get in a car you go from one yeah. place to another place like it is incredibly isolating 100%. When I first moved here, I think I was, like, depressed for the first two years. Yeah. And there was no one that I could, like, even relate to. Yeah. And if you don't have family, you don't have, like, anybody who really knows you, it it, it can get depressed. And I think a lot of people are depressed here, too, because it's yeah. so isolating. Right. And when you're also in your 20s and, like, trying to figure out what your purpose is. 100%. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, like, first landed in L.A., mm-hmm. like, what was your first phone call? Where did you go? Did you have an apartment? I was actually living in New York before. Like okay. I had been in New York for a couple of months, and the modeling agencies back there told me, you're more L.A., so you should go to L.A. So I called up my f- Swedish friend who had rented a little room out here and asked if I could come out and check it out. So I stayed with her for the first couple of months. We shared a room, a bed. And from there, then I got 
my own little tiny studio apartment and and kind of work my way. I think for some people, it's just like, how do you even get an apartment? That's why you like you need to be a hustler because it's impossible. You know, you can't even open a phone line here when you move here first, right? Because you need a social security, but you don't have the social security number. You need a credit score to rent the place, right? So you really have to hustle and maybe start having a roommate to get into the system. And then down the line, you know, you get your social security, you get a phone line set up and slowly it took me, I have a green card now, but it took me so many years, you know, to get to this point where to have it all figured out. LA is a very specific place and it's been really interesting talking to different people and it's interesting for me to see like how you were able to like immigrate here and sort of take like all these amazing experiences that you had mm -hmm. and like turn it into this really beautiful company and start the band and like do <laughs> all of those things and like really embrace yourself like yeah. LA helped um, you become like the person that you wanted to be. 100% and I have always felt that I could be myself here 100% mm -hmm. so I think it is a very accepting place I also see my daughter Bianca and all her friends they're all so different and come from different families you know like it's yeah. a mix of everything here in LA and I love that and so then you left the whole band life and you immediately got pregnant mm -hmm. what how did that feel my whole life I just wanted like to be a mom so that was amazing for me even though I missed the music and that dream I had about being an artist it just felt so right for me to yeah. to finally be pregnant and, and becoming a mom. So that was a amazing transitioning into my next career where I am today. So was starting your own business on your radar at that point when you were becoming a mom or not at all? No. You were like, I'm just going to be a mom. Yeah, I didn't know. I was kind of in that in-between stage. And luckily, I made really good money on my blog, actually, because yeah. I had a big following. Um, so one thing led to another. And I think I always... I've dreamt of having my own business, but it wasn't like a clear vision exactly how it was going to happen. Right. And also like being a mom is a full-time job. 100%. <laughs> you know, so it's like, are you now going to take on a second full-time job? Because mm -hmm. it's a big leap of faith too. Yeah. But it just happened so organically. So I had my daughter Bianca here in LA, but after a couple of months, we thought maybe we should go back to Denmark so we can be close to family. Mm -hmm. So we packed everything and moved back to Denmark, me and my Danish husband. Um, but after 10 months in rain, cold, <laughs> just different environment, yeah. I really missed LA. And I had the blog at that time and a big following. And being home with a one-year-old, I was a little, like, I loved being a mom, but I was also a little bored. So one day I was cleaning my closet, as you do when you're bored, and, <laughs> and I put all these pieces up for sale on my blog. Okay. Um, and one hour later, I had sold everything. Wow. So my husband came home that night, and I was sitting on the floor with my daughter and like kind of packing everything up and, and putting stamps on and like ready to be sent out. And, and he asked me, what are you doing here? And I explained that people always ask where I buy my stuff. And, and so I cleaned the closet and then sold it. And uh, this was before... Uh, PayPal and all that so people really trusted me they transferred to my bank account like wow. what they bought uh, from me and and then I sent it out uh, and he was like wow let's try this again and see if people would do this again so next yeah. week I put up another sale and everything was gone and that's when the idea started maybe I could actually create my own line and put 
pieces into production so that it's not only like one size and one style. Wow. Okay. So this was literally like you had a blog and you decide to do a post one day that's like, hey guys, I'm cleaning my closet yeah. out. This is how much stuff is. Exactly. And you like posted pictures yeah. of everything. Posted a picture, the price of it, and then one hour later it was all gone. Yeah. Wow. So then that's when the business idea sparked. And then like later, a week later, we sat in our kitchen in Copenhagen, me and my husband, and kind of sketched out like the idea for the first collection. What should the name be of the brand? I had a million other names. I didn't want to name it my own name, but we couldn't come up with anything that made sense. So we ended up naming it after me. Had you ever at, before then thought about designing clothes? I loved it ever since I was a little kid. Um, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so I had to be very creative with my own style and the clothes I had. So I remember since I was little, I cut up, if it was modern, with flare jeans, and I would cut them up and make okay. my own. And I would go into my grandmother's closet and, and get some of her pieces and, and make it into my own. So I loved clothes ever since I was little and always had my own personal style. I always think about like those habits that you have as a child mm -hmm. and when they end up being sparked that they could be something else mm -hmm. and also like how the people who are in your environment when you're in your family members like whether they dissuade you from doing that yeah. or kind of um i don't know encourage you like were did your mom or your grandmother like really encourage you when it came to fashion and dressing my grandmother inspired me a lot like she had the most amazing closet and she was so good at finding pieces at vintage stores and so she for sure encouraged me and inspired me, and and I think I always just experimented with with clothes. Yeah. Did you guys go like vintage shopping together? Yeah, you did uh -huh. a lot. Yeah. Every time I came to Denmark to visit her, she took me to like this little vintage store, and I always found something. Wow. Yeah. And then as you were like moving and traveling a lot, how did that, like, how did that affect your dressing even? I think when you're that young, you go through so many different styles. Right. Uh, but I always just had had my style, and I was not scared of trying new things. And right. then I think in my mid twenties, that's when I really landed in my real like this is who you're I authentic, am, right? Like yeah, your authentic style. But I was not scared of experimenting before that, which I think is good because then I really tried it all. Right. It's like you're traveling out of a suitcase so much and like just trying yeah. to figure out what to bring mm -hmm. with you and like holding on to things. I know when I was younger, like there were these amazing things that I'd come across that I wish I had now I and know. I just don't have anymore. But but also traveling the world, you see different styles, right? Being in South yeah. Africa to New York to London, everybody dressed so different. So it was just uh, the modeling days really inspired me to what I'm doing today. So do you see different parts of like your modeling adventure show up in parts of your current fashion brand? I think it's just having the understanding of different styles, you know, being yeah. from Scandinavia, having that very minimalistic style and then combine it with the rock and roll edge that I really feel here in Los Angeles. And then just the Parisian, you know, like, yeah, I just picked the best from all places I've been to. Cool. So once you did those first sketches, mm hmm. Like, were you literally sketching the clothes? Like, do you know how to draw? Like, tell me really how. I'm a really bad drawer. So I see the <laughs> picture in my, in my head super clear. So back then we just had to, my uh, husband had background in production. Oh, wow. So we, okay, that's an amazing so happy coincidence. Knew how to, very happy coincidence. <laughs> um, so since I couldn't sketch, I had to, ex like, we flew down to Turkey and kind of had to explain. We had pattern makers and all that down there. So, so he was already doing production in Turkey. Yes. Okay. For other brands. For other brands. Uh -huh. And so he was like, okay, 
you just sold a bunch of your stuff online. Yeah, we can actually do this. Yeah, and make it ourselves. So it was a combination of sketching, of explaining to the team down there, and then old vintage pieces from my grandmother's closet. You know, just like a combination of it all. And we made a tiny little collection, I think, with 12, 13 pieces. Wow. And did you, like, find an investor? Were you like, I'm going to self-fund this? Like, how did you do it? Self-fund it. So I'd saved a little bit of money from the modeling days. Uh And and we started really simple out of garage here in Silver Lake. Uh As we moved back, cut to moving back to L.A., we wanted to start the brand from here. Why? Scandinavia is a very small place. It can be judgmental. It can be many things. You know, I just wanted creative freedom without anybody judging me, looking at me. Uh, Nobody knew about me here. So I wanted to start from scratch and and just... Why did you think people were going to judge you? Because when you live in Scandinavia, sometimes when you have a background as a model, as a something else, you can't take a new step in life. Where I feel in LA, it's fine. You One day you can be in a band. The next day you write a book. The next day you do something else. So I just felt very creatively free here. Mm. So I wanted, Plus I missed LA and yeah. that was just an opportunity to come back and actually have something to do. Right. So we moved back just like a month later. We moved fast. <laughs> wow. So you so you were like, was the clothing line the impetus behind moving back as well as obviously missing it? Or do you think if you didn't have the clothing line idea, you would have eventually moved back? We wanted to move back, but we also want, needed something to do. Okay. We couldn't just afford to live in L.A. without doing anything. So it was a combination of many things. So we moved back. Lived in my friend's guest house for the first couple of months. Um, rented a tiny little garage in Silver Lake where we started it all. Built it a super cheap website and mm-hmm. uploaded the products there. And then I started wearing it uh, myself in my blog and Instagram who had just started. started. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so the, did you do it like made to order in the beginning? Did you no. do like a small batch of production? Small batch. Oh, yeah. So back to your funding question. Yeah. We It was self-funded and we just did small like the minimum, like 200 t-shirts, 200 denim, like very small quantities. And then... 200 still kind of big. I feel like my first batch of <laughs> shoes was like 20 pairs. It's still big. Yeah. But compared to today, it's You weren't small. worried? You weren't like, oh of my course. gosh, maybe no one's going to buy these 200 of pairs of pants? We had no idea. It was biggest risk, right? Right. But if we didn't and that's try... Like all, was that like all of your money? Like you were like, here, I'm, we are sinking... Every, we are like staying in our friend's guest house. We are working out of a garage. Yep. And we are spending all of our money on yeah. 200 pairs of pants. We put everything into this. And uh, and we have a child. And we have a child. And here we are in a garage in Silver Lake. I don't know if it was stupid or brave, uh, but it was we did brave. It. <laughs> it was brave, but also a little bit maybe stupid because that's like... <laughs> it all... That's yeah. how it starts. Exactly. But, you know, we did it and... From day one, we had orders, and when we sold enough, we could afford to buy the next production of denim. When we had sold everything, then we could start producing shoes and handbags, and so just slowly like added on. Do you remember the very first thing that you sold on your website? The very first order? I think it was like a linen t-shirt. We did some very beautiful, just simple t-shirts, and it was... Those were really good for and us. And where were beginning. your customers? Were they all over the place? Because so in the of beginning all? of Scandinavia, because my biggest following was Scandinavia. Right. Today, it's one of the smallest markets for oh, us. Wow. But um, So were you shipping from Turkey or were you shipping from the garage in Silver Lake? From the garage in Silver Lake. So, to Scandinavia. Yeah. So, so the customers were like, what the heck? These uh-huh. shipping prices we, are insane. We paid for shipping because we, oh, we wanted to give them good service. So we packed all the orders ourselves. We, you know, we 
couldn't afford to hire a team. So it was me and my husband in the garage doing it all. Was he still working for other people at that point? Yes. Okay. For the like first couple of months, but then. And were you working for anyone else? I had my blog, so I had a little bit of an income there, which is great. Okay. Wow. So. And was this the first time that you and your husband were actually like working together? Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) With a little toddler. Great. No. Yeah. Was it tough? Super tough, but also super amazing. Like we have built this together, and today, seven years later, it's the best thing we have ever done. But it was super tough. Wow. Um, Do you feel pressure? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, of course. Um, And, you know, being here in this country with no family, no safety, backup, and a little baby and a new business. Right. Super pressure. Um, But it was also the best thing I have ever done. Yeah, because it's kind of all on you. Like, I, that's one of the things that, like, I struggle with Mm -hmm. because I'm like, what if I wake up one day and I don't want to do this anymore? Uh-huh. There's like all of these people that are depending on me. Oh, yeah. And when it's also your family, like I don't have a family. It's just me. So when it's also your family mm-hmm. and your husband, like that's a lot. Yeah. You know, do you think you're going to do this forever? Do you think that one day you might wake up and want to do something else? Do you even feel like you have the um, emotional like bandwidth to think about the idea of not one, not doing it? I love what I do, you know. And yeah. today, seven years into it, it's... Like, I love it. I just came from the office straight here and mm-hmm. had a fitting with my design team. And we have 70, around 70 people at the office wow. and a whole machine, you know. So my husband, he's the CEO. He's sitting with the finance team on another. And I'm in my creative office. And so now we have really found that great balance. You know, I, I do what I love the most. And that's just being creative. And back in the garage days, we had to do a little bit of everything, right? Yeah. So um, so now it's a much better dynamic. And I just, I, I love it. Um, how long were you working out of the garage for? About a year. Okay. And then we had the warehouse and everything in that little garage. And mm-hmm. then we grew out of it, grew out of it and uh, found a space in downtown, um, took over that one office. and But now today we have taken over the whole entire floor. So, wow. Um, yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, so you started selling it on e-commerce, mm-hmm. right? You had 200 pairs of pants mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. kind of 200 of everything. Yeah. Was it just about like selling that, taking that money, getting more, selling that, taking that money and getting more? Did you expand to wholesale? Like, So it all happened very organically. The initial business idea was direct to consumer, see now, buy now approach. And this was before all the brands did see now, buy now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we didn't show the collections ahead of time to anybody. We launched whatever I believed in, went straight to production and then uh, the customers could buy it online. But then by me wearing it and uh, walking around the store as a teen, I don't know if you know that. Back then yes. it was like the coolest store. Mm-hmm. And I was walked in there with a pair of our boots and the buyer happened to be there. And she asked, what are those gold studded boots? They're amazing. And I told her I just started a line and, and she wanted to buy the line. So amazing. slowly we got into a couple of wholesale accounts. Um, a few years into the brand, we opened our first store. Today we have 11 stores wow. and opening four more this year. So it's it has really, but it happened organic. How does that feel? I love it. <laughs> it's so great to like have an idea, have a creative vision and be mm. able to like get it out there. I feel like the luckiest in the world, you know, being able to do what I love doing and then that people actually love what I'm like the products and buy them and that we can have stores in the most amazing cities around the world. Um, wow. I feel proud. 
What do you think gave you like the confidence to be able to do all of this? Like, did you know, that's why I was asking sort of when you were younger, yeah. like that you had that initial confidence yeah. to be like, this is what I want to do and walk into that modeling agency. You like yeah. didn't wait for someone to like no. discover you. You were like, I want to do this. I'm showing up at this modeling agency. I always had that since I was a kid. I don't know where that confidence came from, but I had it. Maybe from my grandmother. Maybe your grandma. Yeah, who, <laughs> you know, moved from Brazil as a young girl to Denmark. But I have it and I still have it, I think. And it's a mix of confident and being a little naive, you know, thinking mm-hmm. that, of course, this is going to work, you know, and I just go for it. Yeah. I mean, I was definitely like the most naive person on the planet when I started my business. But you have to be a little bit, right? Because... If you know everything, that's how hard it's going to be. And you might not want to get yourself into that. <laughs> um, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever would have if I had any idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. But ha- is it harder than it looks? I mean, you kind of make it look easy. Like, you know, no one else can see you other than me right now. But <laughs> she looks great, guys. <laughs> and it's very effortless. Hard. It's super hard. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah. I've been working so hard. Uh, for the past seven years. I did, but I think it took me until now to kind of find a balance. You know, I worked way too much for the first many years. But building a business, that's kind of what you have to do, you know? Define way too much. Like, how many hours a week are we talking? Like, nonstop. You know, like, mm-hmm. at the office, you come home, you have the kids, you still sit on your computer at night. There's no... I didn't work out for seven years. I didn't mm-hmm. take care of my body. Take it, Like, I just... I didn't have time to see my friends. Uh, it was just work and then being a mom. But I think I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't do that. Yeah. But now I'm catching up on all this self-care. <laughs> well, I think it's so interesting, too, because I think, you know, on Instagram, and it's fascinating to me that so much of your business actually is, you know, started kind of online and through Instagram. But mm-hmm. on Instagram, we spend so much time, like, looking at people's achievements and everything that they've gained. And not so often do people share or show the things that they had to lose along the way. Exactly. I try to be honest and talk about that because I think it is important to talk about it. And yeah. I was very close to really burning out a few months ago. And so, I, you know, Instagram, you only see right. so much, right? But I think it's important also to talk about the struggle to run a company and being a mom and and you can't do it all. Right. And you also mentioned self-care. And I feel yeah. like um, the thing is with self-care is it that becomes like another chore. Yeah. And that becomes this other thing mm-hmm. that you feel sometimes that you're failing at doing. Yeah. You know, because you don't have the time to like, yeah. you know, meditate or you don't, you yeah. didn't make the time to like give yourself a facial or no. like whatever. I just didn't take the time for those many, many years. But now I just put it in my calendar because I just know I'm a better boss, a better mom better me when when I take care of myself. So I think that's super important. Yeah. All right, everyone. I think it's a good time for a quick break to talk about our friends at Toomey for a second. They helped us make this whole podcast possible. So shout out to them for supporting great podcasts. Toomey has always been known as a timeless and elegant luggage brand. You know, the kind that screams woman on the go. And in a world where everything is just constantly vying for our attention, the last thing you need is a complicated luggage situation when you're on the go. That's why we're fans of Toomey. You can count on Toomey for that sophisticated aesthetic and plenty of luxurious leather or nylon designs. Put simply, Toomey helps you get where you're going so you can live your life in an uncomplicated way. And that means you can get to where you're going free from frustration and irritation. If you haven't checked out their stuff yet, I assure you, there's literally something for everyone. 
So shop the Toomey collection online and see wherever your journey takes you. Just go to www.toomey.com. That's T-U-M-I.com. Okay, now back to the show. One thing that um, we were talking about for a second was burning out. And for me, I actually, (laughs) this is really bad, but I actually like kind of burn out all the time. Mm -hmm. And I do it sort of in my own way. And I have these like habits that just, that I fall into when I get really overwhelmed. And I think that, um, you know, as women, because we feel like we have to be all the things right now, except like a burnout. Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you deal with like when you're burning out how do you pull yourself out of that or do you let it happen for a bit no now it's I know my body so well now so I listen to the signals and like for instance today my schedule was so full and I I just canceled my first meeting today so I could have time to go and work out you know because I knew if I didn't do that then I just wouldn't have a good day you know so I just try to listen to those signals eat you know my proper meals and not skip on any meals uh, all those things that helps me to stay balanced right and just know that you can't do everything right and just learn to say no that's that's right. the biggest learning yeah it's hard yeah because you want to please be a pleaser you want to be everywhere you want to be this person that shows up but I just learned for myself that I can't do that so I why is it that we like always feel like you know this need to please everyone and do all of the things. Mm. I think also for me, like, you know, as a business owner, like, you know, I feel like every single opportunity I have to take it because mm-hmm. I'm like so grateful that the opportunity came yeah. and it's been hard to say no. Like mm-hmm. what helped you make that switch? A combination of feeling burned out, but also lucky that the business is where it is today. So I don't have to say yes to everything anymore, you know? Yeah. So it's a combination of many things. Uh, and then just looking at what is really important in the end of the day, right? Because um, you only have so many hours and and I want to be a good mom as well and, and be good where I am. I don't want to be stressed out all right. the time. So based on like your origin and where you came from and the, and the travel and all of that, like, do you feel that um, in doing what you're doing as a designer, like, do you feel like you're really connecting with like your purpose? Like, do you really feel like you're living through all of that every single day? It's a big question, you know, and uh, it's something I think about every day, but I really, I love what I do. And I love that I create pieces that empower women and make them feel their best when, yeah. whenever they're out in the world doing their purpose. Right. So yeah. I think so. Yes. But of course, as a spiritual human being I'll always be searching and and wanting to be the best version of myself and and do good for the world right yeah tell me more about like empowering women (laughs) and like what that sort of means to you and how you feel like you do that at your brand well for me it's all about the dressing you know I get so much feedback how somebody got a new job because she felt so confident putting on that Anina Bing blazer and she walked Mm -hmm. into the interview and it made her feel that she could take over the world that to me is so rewarding and that's what I want to achieve when I design each piece. The perfect pair of denim that can make that woman feel the best version of herself, right? Yeah. So it's maybe on a superficial level, but it actually goes deeper than that because how you feel about yourself takes you to another level. I don't know how to explain it. Totally. I think um, it's interesting because for me, um, and I obviously also work in fashion as a designer, like I early on 
because I never really saw myself reflected in the fashion industry Mm -hmm. so much. It gave me a lot of insecurities. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me now, I'm always like, how do I make sure that my brand doesn't have that impact on women? No, you want to include everyone, right? And and also just through my design and my job, I meet so many other entrepreneurs and other women that do amazing things. So we all try to help each other, empower each other, and just lift each other. And I think it's about like making that positive effect on your customer and on just the women around you. Yeah, totally. That's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, are there a lot of women in your office? Oh, yeah. Um, There's 70 of 70. <laughs> maybe 65 of 70. Wow. Yeah. That's so, so fun. A lot of awesome women. Yeah. That's so amazing. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for other young women who want to be Anina Bay? (laughs) Something I've been doing since I was a little girl, I've been writing down my goals. I've been like writing my future dreams, no matter if it was a job, the husband I wanted to meet, whatever whatever aspect of my life it is, I've been writing it down since I was a kid. So I would recommend to have clear visions do dream board, mood boards, whatever you want to call it, and and write down your goals and then just believe in yourself. Don't be scared of walking into that modeling agency or yeah. uh, apply for your dream job because you never know, right? It yeah. might be a yes. How do you think you can get the confidence if you don't have it? Just try. The worst thing is you can get is a no, and I know it's it's hard to get a no, but maybe you'll get a yes down the line, right? Yeah. Yeah. All it takes is one yes. Mm-hmm. Just have to like not take the nose. Another advice is build up a network because that's something I've been good since I was a little kid. I I've been social. I've been uh, like good at keeping in touch with people. And the day I started my business, I actually had a whole network from the modeling days, from the music days, from whatever yeah. life I lived before, and that I really used uh, right. for my business. So I feel like the girl boss community has been such a great, you know, network for people as well. Mm-hmm. So have you always been like this proud female founder that's been able to really like own your identity? I think for the first many years, of course, I was proud and working hard and doing my thing. But I was also super insecure. Because um, I didn't come from a business school background. I didn't I, I just learned it all by doing right. So I had to figure it all out by myself and learned a lot, of course, from my husband, who's also the CEO. But I think the last year when I finally started like landing in myself, taking care of myself, meditating and and really learning to be more present and knowing that I can't be in every single meeting. And I kind of had to step back and see what is my strength? Where am I the happiest? Uh, is it important that I sit in on all financial meetings or should I actually spend my time in a design studio and and in that creative place where I feel the happiest and where I actually add the most value. So I think the last year I really landed in in my role as the founder and chief creative officer. It's interesting though because I've been talking to a bunch of women who like even though they've done so much and built so much, mm-hmm. they still kind of have this imposter syndrome because they just didn't they didn't necessarily feel like they could fully own it for whatever mm. reason. And I've kind of been trying to unpack and figure out like what that is and why sometimes when we work so hard, we yeah. still don't feel like we have the right to be this successful. Mm-hmm. I understand it. And I have definitely felt that myself and maybe do at moments still. But 
But I think just, I think I really have landed in myself now and 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 kind of own that this is what I've built and I'm proud of it. And I know my strength, but I also know my weaknesses. And that's why I have the best team to right. cover when you, there. If you were like so confident, because that's like the underlying thing mm-hmm. with, with in talking to you, it seems like you were super confident. What do you think it was that like created that crack where suddenly you were like, wait, do you think that you did people, were they like judgy because you didn't know, like you were saying you had a hard time in business meetings. Like, did you feel like people were judging you because you were a model or like, what was that? I think it was mainly I'm sure some people judged me for sure, 100%, mm-hmm. but it was my own insecurities. And even though I always had this confident, I always had a very soft and weak side as well. And and just trying to combine them and understanding. I'm a creative person, you know, and and that means often also being very sensitive. So I just had to try to balance those two worlds. When is your birthday? November 30th. I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. I don't know that much about horoscopes, but I'm learning, and I'm sure like some people want to know. Because <laughs> that seems like a really interesting balance, mm-hmm. for sure. So what do you think that other people can learn from their origin stories? I just think, you know, I went back to Denmark this summer, where I'm from, and and it really made me realize how connected I am with, you know, where my roots are from, and it has made me who I am today. And, and I think... You know, it's such an important part of people's story in their life and and just be proud of and, and learn from from all of that, right? Yeah, that's great because you're like, your whole origin story, like your company is your namesake, you know? Yeah. Like your brand is your story. Like it is your band that you were in. It is yeah. your move to LA. It is like, you know, living out of a suitcase for so mm. long because it's like when I look at your collection, I'm like, oh, you can like wear all these things together. Like, of course, there's a thought behind that, right? From yeah. traveling the world and yeah. and you can't pack too much. And totally. It's about just making simplify life for women out there, right? Yeah, women to who want to do everything. Yeah. Because you're doing everything all You want to be able to drop off your kids in the morning, go into a board meeting, and then go out for drinks at night without going home and change in between, right? So I yeah. try to design these pieces that women just feel super confident in no matter what situation they're in. Aww. Well, thank you so much for talking thank to you. me today. Thank it's been me. really amazing. This was so great. Thanks for listening to this episode of In Progress, presented by Girl Boss Radio in partnership with Toomey. I truly hope you've been enjoying these conversations just as much as I have been. So be sure to tune in to the next episode where we're talking more incredible origin stories with some of the most inspiring women I've ever met. It's important to remember, you guys, we're all a work in progress, but we make progress when we take the time to reflect on where we are, where we've been, and most importantly, where we want to go. Stay tuned next time for another incredible origin story. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these talks. That's it for now. Until next time.